0: Here we go, gentlemen and ladies. Welcome to the Four Outdoorsmen every Sunday night at 6 o'clock on MyBobCountry.com. Hey, I'll tell you what, got to thank Megan and the Bird Watchers. They were on the homegrown show here just a couple of minutes ago with, with Brandon. And like always, they, they, uh, they know what they're doing. Good stuff. So thanks for joining us on uh, Bob FM. Got a hell of a show tonight with a great new guest in studio, not brand new, but Jared Wicklin from Pheasants Forever is with us the entire show tonight. Jared, how are you, young man? It's true, man.
1: Thanks for having me back.
0: I'm great. I'm every, great. Every day's good. Happy a to get. be here. Yeah, good for you. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Sam's here, Mark is here, and. Uh, hello. and hello. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, you missed it.
2: I what know, harmony. Should we try
3: it again? Ready?
0: Go.
2: Hello. Hello.
0: Hello. hello. There we go. <laughs>
2: I'm glad you guys are back. It's good to see your faces. <laughs>
0: Once we when we did it before, wasn't I the first guy? Because yeah, sorry again. I'll start again. Yeah. Hello, 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 hello. Nice. <laughs> oh, that, uh, uh, that didn't work. But anyway, it was one more time. time. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I no, was no,
4: joking.
3: It's no, no, true. No, no.
0: What's new with you guys? Uh, he had a he had a big weekend. I had a big week. Uh, uh, lots of stuff happened. Did you guys have some fun this week? Catch any fish? Do anything like that at all?
3: Um, I was out of commission for the week. Uh, got sick after the. Hockey tournament in Duluth So I've been on the couch And now I'm better So I'm back
0: What's your definition of sick?
3: Um, Tired Not allowed to go into work Laying around a lot Uh Rhymes with (laughs) 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 blovid <laughs> 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 it, starts, it
5: starts with c and ends with ovid and
0: his, and his quarantine session should be done in a couple of weeks <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so welcome. jared has
5: left the building <laughs> so welcome to the studio yeah well sure i, I want to take this moment and thank you again for holding down the fort and being the true outdoorsman <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> holy crap you've been a fish and fool
0: um i like to take advantage of free stuff man but and um Hey, that's all right. We have, uh, we've been blessed with a lot of great sponsors and develop a lot of great relationships, like Steve Rennerberg of Arrowhead Outdoors and John Basie from up there as well with Saturi Tackle. And they've been saying, come on up. Let's catch some lake trout. Let's do some crappie fishing. So I said, I'm retired. I can do it. And so Rocketman Bob Krejci and I, who's also retired, he's a, one of the greatest friends you could ever have. Bob Krejci, I've known for 35 years at least in that ballpark. And he's one of these guys that says, when I'm going to be there, I'm gonna be there. I mean, he's always, always, always committed, and he always follows through. And I, he's a, he's uh, a great guy.
5: Retirees. I took that as a dig to me and Mark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's um, he loves, yeah, he It, loves, it he, sounds nice. He loves the outdoors. He loves the challenge. I say either you really, really love to fish or you hate your wife. Which one is it? I can't figure it out. But uh, no, he loves the outdoors, and he's and we get along, and and uh, he's got a lot of stuff that I can use. <laughs> and his short game
5: is phenomenal. It is.
0: His golfing, yeah, he's uh, he's better at a lot of things than I am. So we had a lot of fun up there. Uh, yeah, we went up to um, uh, Ely, Minnesota with, um, like I said, John Basie and Steve Renneberg. John, and, we
3: had on, how long ago was that, six months or
0: so? Not even that. He's a
3: veteran, right? And he makes yeah. Satori lures. Yep, and he and
0: Andy came down here. Andy, oh, yeah. yeah. he's the manager of uh, Veterans on the Lake, a resort in Ely that patronizes... That caters to veterans who are disabled, and uh, that's the first part of that. And then uh, families of disabled veterans and disabled public and all of that. It's a beautiful resort, and uh, we're going to be going up there in April. Going to spend some time up there in early April as well. So yeah, John was John's been in the studio, but uh, we had a great great time. But it was a lot of work. It was it cold? No, the first, wasn't bad. The first day we went up there, we went up there uh, Thursday to fish. Bob and I left Wednesday, stayed at Will Goebbels and Bob Goebbels place in uh, Ely, Minnesota. And uh, we go out there fishing Thursday. Now when it was Thursday, because Bob and I got to Ely about 1 o'clock. And they said, let's go fish, get some crappies. You know, we got a couple hours. We walked well over a mile into the Boundary Waters through slush and stuff. Ugh. And I got the bad knee, you know. How is that feeling? At it was that? it was brutal. It was a lot of work. Oh, we only man. had maybe 200 yards, maybe of a slush, but when these guys, I wasn't dragging. They're dragging their sleds and all that. We it took us an hour and 15 minutes one way to get there, and we we so we got out there maybe at 1:30. Yeah, something like that, maybe 2 o'clock and fished uh, for an hour and a half and came back, and that was a lot of work. Oh, yeah. And we caught some decent crappies. Of course, Stroop, Super Strew caught the biggest one, 14.2 p- probably, something like that nice fish. Oh,
1: uh, yeah. What's the snowpack like up there?
0: Um, Significant? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really is. You know, and they, they've been a lot more snow, and, and uh, it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I claim that 14-inch fish, but, uh, you know, Steve Renneberg's got the – Wide scope, is that what it's called? Live scope. Live scope. Man, that's cheating. It is amazing. It's it's so much fun. Oh, and the awesome. fish that the one that I caught, the biggest one I caught, he saw it over here at twenty five feet and it's coming. It's get ready. It's get ready. It's just and it's like cheating. But it's fun cheating and uh uh it evens the whole you can see fifty feet either side of the fishing hole. That's you can see a lot of fish a long ways away.
5: Isn't it funny Stu, that when like probably like the F L eight or was came out they thought that was cheating and now they have the live scope. Just think about what's going to be in another 10 years. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't, well, how can they get better than this? I don't understand it. That's what uh, they said
3: when the 28 came out.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's yeah. Like, yeah. how could you possibly
3: get any better? Yeah. But it does. I, I think I still have the FL8, actually.
5: It works. It 12 Yeah. It
0: works
1: fine. We hey,
5: we still sell them. People buy them. Yeah. They come in looking for an FL8. Yeah. I find up the Lake of the Woods a
3: few weeks ago. It was awesome. My backup is like a Markham 1. Like, it's <laughs> honestly, it's modeled 1. Jerry <laughs> it was telling, works,
5: man. Jerry was telling me at the shop how that when they used to fish, they had a, uh, graph and paper. Oh yeah, like that's how they would see uh-huh. the body. The deal, yeah. yeah I used to like,
3: do, 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 do. yeah, like one of those heart monitor things, yeah. you know, just nonstop.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so many. We I didn't catch any trout. Obviously, there was a guy named um, uh, forget his name. He was with James. Is with a good friend of uh, um, um, John Basie's, and he caught. You saw the picture of that child. Mm-hmm. That's like that was a yeah, thirty-two inch. Fish.
1: Yeah. It's gorgeous. That's cool. And he
0: was in a different fish house than we were, in at a different time, and all that. So I didn't get a chance to see any of that. But that was monster. And he's the only one that caught a trout. Hmm. So, uh, but we caught some nice crappies. Had a great time. So the first day was lake trout working our butts off, and the weather was beautiful, just beautiful, no intense t- or anything. The next day we get up, it's like zero, maybe three degrees, three degrees below zero, but the sun was out. By the time we got on the lake, it might have been eight, nine degrees, and it was gorgeous they took us back we were not in the boundary waters the second day we were going to try to catch lake trout and i don't know the names of the lake even but it was beautiful it was pristine there's nobody there there's no tracks in the snow except for wolf tracks and uh, but it was it was gorgeous but nobody no i didn't catch a trout but i sure enjoyed it
3: well i learned a lot last time we were steven we can we can have him talk about fishing for trout as well but it's a lot of work like you're really cranking up and down yeah you know what i mean was it the same kind of same tactics? kind of
0: thing you know they've i forget the name of the lures that steve renneberg makes mm. and makes and and john basie makes They those look kind like of squid kind of yeah and you don't just jig you jig you are up in the air you go all the way up as far and then drop it down and uh it's constant and i'm telling him i don't have the patience for it i did it you know for a uh, half an hour, an hour, and I go take a walk. And I was go making, talk to people. I was, There's nobody to talk hey, to. Hey, you in the Boundary riders <laughs> eh? He's got a pack of wolves telling a joke to us. There's a guy
3: three miles away on the other side of the lake. There's nobody what to talk to. What you catching over here? No,
0: yeah. Where the hell did you come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you doing there, Dan? Yeah. How you doing there, Dan? But anyway, uh, I, just, I I, I just, just, I just don't have that much patience. And I'd go outside, and I drew some with my feet little diagrams Take and tecto. hearts and things for my wife Diana because she was in Dominican oh. Republic oh. and I sent them down to her and I just got nothing she I send t- you
5: sand ones back
0: no 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 she didn't oh. send me anything I don't think oh, but no. no a couple of hearts and uh, lips and kisses those kind of things but anyway go did kisses all the all the all the credit to it, I'm telling <laughs> you a hell of a guy Bob Craie is such an animal to come to this stuff he sat inside that fish house for five six hours and constantly kept jigging Con- I'm not exaggerating. He never ever stopped, and uh, he only had he had two, he got one on, never brought it in, and he had another one come up to it. And Bob says, "You know what? This is this is three hours of jigging and 15 seconds of excitement. And for some reason, it's worth it. As holy buckets, but it was a lot of work. Was, man, you're a better man than I am. But
5: for the listeners who can't see this, normal jigging's like a two-inch." <laughs> Jump, Strew is doing what like a full foot. Oh, yeah. oh no,
0: it's three feet. You're jigging straight yeah. up. And those in the rods air. are longer his, yeah, longer. his
5: arms had been terribly sore.
0: He's switching all the time, but he's he's a he's a gamer boy. He never gives up. <clears throat> never gives up. So That's awesome. A lot of respect for that man. But it was a lot of fun. How'd the knees hold
3: up? <clears throat> Trump through uh, the, the snow? first
0: day was brutal. That night in bed, uh, Bob heard me moaning every time I tried to roll over. I didn't know. I knew I was not feeling well. But I didn't know I was making noise," <laughs> he said. You know, <laughs> second night wasn't bad at all. But uh, were you sore the next morning? Very much so. You yeah. still sore? No, not well. Not on nor- anything other than normal right now. Had any replacement about five weeks ago, or, you know, fifteen weeks ago, <laughs> and I should be ready. I should be jogging right now, yeah. but it's, it's I'm not.
3: This is how I know that you worked really hard. I called Strew up on Friday night. I had two free tickets to the Gopher men's hockey game, which I love, which he loves. And he loves free stuff. And I said, Do you want them? And he goes, Nah, I'm in the couch. I'm feeling pretty
0: good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, What? I had my pajamas on at about 6 six <laughs> fifteen. He called me. The game starts at 7. And it's like, Okay, oh, I just got, I hadn't unpacked or anything. And I'm thinking, I should go on. But um, I just didn't I, have it in me. I understand, man. I didn't totally understand. It so, but, but it was fun.
5: When you get to that spot after a long trip, it's hard to leave it.
0: It's hard to come back, you know, and, and I'm telling you, it was, even if I didn't catch a, a lake trout in the entire day, Just being up there, I'm telling you, it was unbelievably beautiful. And the day was might have been gotten up to 12, 13 degrees, but without any wind and the sun out, it was beautiful. Just just fun to do.
5: Do you go through the comments on our Facebook when someone posts on a picture? Did you see Bob Ellis, the guy who works at Capris, who's up from Ely? He said, "Of course, it's a beautiful fish. It's from God's country." <laughs> which yeah. it's right. It is God's
0: country. Up yeah, here. it was. It was kind of cool. So blessed to be able to do so. That was my big weekend. And my beautiful wife is in Dominican Republic, so I just I got to find stuff to do. But she'll be coming <laughs> home tomorrow. Coming home tomorrow. But uh, she'll perfect. Be coming home tomorrow. So Jared, have you ever tried to catch
1: a, a lake trout? You know we've we've done lake trout fishing up in Canada, uh, especially when I was younger. Um, I think I can't remember if it was Lac Seul or Rainy Lake or where the heck we were, but um, not uh, actually not through the ice. I've never done it through the ice. It's one thing I want to do. Um, it does it does look fun. Um, you guys ever ever heard talked about heard about uh, Fort Peck Reservoir in Montana? No.
3: Uh uh-uh. Sounds
1: awesome. Yeah, huge huge reservoir. I've watched shows there jigging up uh, lake trout through the ice, and that's that's one thing I'd like to do, bring a snowmobile, go out there and try that. But I,
0: I should That'd try awesome. it in my home state
1: here first before yeah. I go any, <laughs> anywhere.
0: We, had, uh, we got very lucky because Steve Renneberg, Arrowhead Outdoors, one of our great sponsors in Ely, Minnesota, he's got a side-by-side. What do you, what do you call it? Yeah. Side-by-side? Sure. Yeah. With tracks on it. And so after we got done fishing, he took us to like three or four different lakes around there that – Nobody goes to. There's so much water around Ely. And um, one or two in the boundary waters, and one or one, you know, it, you can just have a portage of 150 feet to go from one lake to the other, and that's the only way to get into the lake. And every lake has dif- different kind of fish, so it was really cool just taking that side-by-side as well and doing the things we did. So,
1: How deep How deep were you guys fishing? Uh, you
0: don't just curious. 40 feet maybe, ah. something like that if I remember. Yep. Yeah, But, um, and they would – the ones that we saw were all over the column. I mean, they were they Suspended. were not on the bottom. They were, they were all over the place, you know. And uh, I
3: what's think cool about that live, go ahead. Last time that we went, we didn't have live scopes. No, we think. did not. So this is the first time. So you could see them clear as day swimming into the column then.
0: Yes, you can, yeah. yeah. And it's not the fish, but I'll tell you what, Steve Rennerbury had one come within the last hour we were there. And on the live scope, those squares are five foot on that screen, uh-huh. five foot. This thing covered more than half, easily more than half of that screen. It was 20 At, feet long? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, Two and a half. And oh. this, this mark was so big, <laughs> it had to be a big trout because the back end of the mark, you could see wiggle, which means when the tail goes away from the body of the trout, that'll show up on that red mark. And uh, boy, it came right up to him quick, and it just never bit, but he got so excited. I was right with him when I saw that. That was cool, but... You know, it's
3: it's just seeing them on the live scope is just as fun. Sometimes it's crazy. I watch like live videos on the internet of just the live scopes. (laughs) It's so dumb, but I just like, oh, look at that one. That's a big one. (laughs) It's so cool. Then he
0: tells his kid Max, "Get off of the, quit playing those video games. Stop playing your iPad. (laughs)
3: I'm (laughs) watching live scope videos from someone I've never met." <laughs> so
0: it's a cool experience, and I'll be going up back up there again. The um, tomorrow, first no, the first week in April, we're gonna walk back three miles someplace to try to catch some crappies. And by, by that time, Steve Renneberg says it'll be easier walking because it's mostly all ice. Most of the snow is gone, whatever. But uh, he says
3: I want to go that one. Crappie fishing's for me. That's here's, my jam. Here's
0: I'm in I, on that too. Here's something I, I just learned. If I'm invited, Steve Renneberg went to community college up there. I don't know, for, for a conservation officer or whatever. And he says a lot of these people drop out because they, they, they do this. They take that, go to school there so they can go to school, become a conservation officer, and go hunt and fish. Well, half the time they just kind of go hunt and fish and they don't go to school. So a lot of people are dropping out. But he said, uh, I didn't know this. I know you can't have any motorized vehicles in the Boundary Waters. But I don't know how many years ago they passed this law. Knife Lake is where Dorothy Moulter used to be, and there's really good fishing up there. I forget what kind of fish there are. And uh, people would, in the winter, ride bicycles. Early winter, when there's no snow, they had, like, fat tires or studs in their tires, and they ride bicycles from Ely, Minnesota, all the way to Knife Lake, whatever, the, whatever that is. You can't even do that. It's, it's got wheels. You can't even ride a bike on the ice in the boundary waters. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if that, that doesn't make any sense to me. I think if a guy's got enough gumption... And stamina and discipline and whatever you want to call it to go out there on a bicycle and ride a bike 15 miles to go catch a fish. I go so ahead and you, catch. You
3: it. had to use hand augers then, right? Is that
0: yeah? The use? first day we did in the boundary waters and f- the ice was oh, we used them. and I only dug one hole. That's thank well, God. But you can me. lose you use <laughs> a live
3: scope though, so that doesn't count. I wonder how they got that
0: in there. Um. I'm sure you can, but we didn't have the live... Yeah, we had the live scope. Did you have a hamster power raiding yeah, Steve's yeah. house right now? No, there's no wheels on the live scope. I don't know. So anyway, the second day we fished, we were not in the Boundary Waters. We were right on the doorstep of the Boundary Waters. And these guys, John Basing, and these guys, they still use the hand augers. How thick was Why? the ice? Uh, about 18 inches. And I said, Why? Well, John, uh, it's, the, it's the real world. We're out here. Uh, we're men we can do this. Uh, holy buckets, more power to you. But if you can use an ice auger, uh, like a strike master or something, go ahead and do so. But they weren't doing it. So I'm too short. I only cut one hole. That was That's all I did. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> well, we have a couple shout-outs
3: here before we get to our first guest, Steve Rindenberg. Thanks, everyone, for writing in. looks like the crappies are biting. My friend Brian Amberg has a nice picture there. Twin Cities Walleyes Unlimited, our friend, said, hope everyone's staying warm and safe on the hard water. Join us this Thursday night for our February meeting seminar with guest speaker Lynn Nicklash from Your Fishing Pal Guide Service. More information on tcwalleyes.com. Also, we had someone write in, um, Sam, to Capra's page. It's the 47th Annual Minnesota uh, SCI World Hunting Expo yep, February 10th and 11th at um, I think it's the Hyatt in Minneapolis. It, I think
5: it. Yeah, I think it's Maple Grove. I don't
3: know. I don't know. Check out the uh, 47th annual Minnesota SCI World Hunting Expo. Yeah,
5: I think you can just go to MinnesotaSCI.com. So we, uh, we got, we'll have some products in there for sure.
3: So. Awesome. All right, Stu, why don't you uh, lead
0: us into our break? Are we ready? We're ready. Be right back with uh, Steve Rennberg of Arrowhead Outdoors, Ely, Minnesota. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you in about five five minutes or so.
6: Just enjoying Bob outdoors with the four outdoorsmen on a Sunday evening. It's a good thing.
2: Dezeal Heating and Air Conditioning has let the dogs out. Ah! Ah! and their two-fur deal is back. If your furnace and air conditioner are over 10 years old, they could roll over and break down. Let Daziel help you fetch a free air conditioner with their two-fur deal. For a limited time, when you purchase a furnace, you get a free AC unit with a free UV package. Daziel Heating and AC, serving Wright County and the West Metro. Details online at DezealHVac.com. That's D-E-Z-I-E-L, HVAC.com.
3: It's time for Capra Sporting Goods Ice Fishing Clearance Sale. Get select ice fishing stuff for up to 30% off. Get huge discounts on electric augers like Strike Master, Ion, and Razor. Electronics like Garmin LiveScope, Vexlar, Markham, Otter and Eskimo sleds and hubs, rods, reels, tackles, and more. These are the best deals of the year. In-store only. Call or come in for specific pricing on what you're looking for. While supplies last, Capra's Outdoors on Highway 65 in Blaine. You know who has deals? Capra's has deals. Pheasants
7: Forever's National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic is coming to the Minneapolis Convention Center on February 17th through the 19th. Join us for puppy and dog training seminars, a youth village for kids, a public lands pavilion, pollinator and wildlife habitat, hunting gear, and more than 400 exhibitors. It's National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic the weekend of February 17th. Presented by Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever, and Federal Ammunition. For more information log on to PheasantFest.org.
0: You want a cool lake trout fishing experience? Head to Ely and Arrowhead Outdoors Bait Tackle Hunt Camp Store, Minnesota's Stream and Lake Trout Headquarters. Arrowhead carries the largest selection of lake trout tackle found any place in northern Minnesota, and they're the only ones in Ely renting houses for targeting lake trout. Dates are filling fast, and sharing a lake trout fishing trip on the doorstep of the Boundary Waters means memories that are going to last a lifetime. <laughs> you might even catch a walleye or two. Arrowhead Outdoors, the very, very best.
3: Mark here for our friends at Power Lodge. I want to thank them personally for joining us again for another wonderful year. Power Lodge is simply the best power sports dealer around, and right now they're having better than boat show deals. Season's best selection and prices on pontoons like Bennington and Godfrey, fishing boats like Alumacraft, Smokercraft, and Triton. There's Power Lodges right down the street in Ramsey, Brainerd, or Namia, or now Miller Marine in St. Cloud. Go to powerlodge.com.
0: You know, we all know that Devil's Lake has world class hunting and fishing. But there's so much more going on all year round for the entire family. You know, on February 18th, not too far away, you can be part of the annual Shiver Fest featuring, featuring a kids' fishing tournament, a 5K frozen fanny run. That's kind of fun. Mite hockey tournament, fireworks, and a lot, lot more. And you can chase a few walleyes or perch yourself. Then have a nice dinner at one of the many top-notch restaurants in town. Check out all of the events happening in Devil's Lake in 2023 at... Devil's
6: the great outdoors awaits you at the 35th annual St. Cloud Sportsman Show, February 10th through the 12th at the St. Cloud River's Edge Convention Center. The Sportsman Show is really five big shows in one a boat show with the latest in fishing boats, pontoons, runabouts, docks, and lifts. An RV show with a large display of campers, trailers, and fifth wheels. The Sportsman Show is also a travel show with plenty of resorts, campgrounds, and hunting lodges. Guarantee your dates now by planning your vacation right at the show. It's a hunting adventure fishing show with a great selection of rods and reels tackle and the latest in outdoor electronics free daily seminars include pro fisherman dave santa and hunting expert todd amonroo take in bowana gym's live wildlife shows and display and live trout fishing dollar off discount coupons and show info at stcloudsportshow.com So bring the whole family to the Sportsman Show, February 10th through the 12th at the St. Cloud Rivers Edge Convention Center. A Sonenko production.
4: Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man aged 45 non smoker can get a million dollars of coverage for $75 per month, level rate for 10 years. Or a man aged 50 non smoker can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110, level rate for 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates available for you as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for a new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote, 800-786-9161. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 1-800-786-9161. One remember one 800 786 9161 Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker rate class. Exam required to qualify. Broadcasting live from the Barnhouse
6: Exteriors Studios. Go to BarnhouseExteriors.com. Exteriors.com. Have storm damage. Need a new roof. Go to BarnhouseExteriors.com Exteriors.com for a free, no obligation consultation. Total
4: Country
0: All right, we are back. Strewman here, Mark, Lukey, Sam, and Jared Wickland of uh, Pheasants Forever joining us tonight on the Four Outdoorsmen. But I'll tell you what, we've got a guest on right now that we've been trying to get for the last two years, and uh, Steve Rennerberg of Arrowhead Outdoors. Now i just gave you some sass. Steve Renderberg of Arrowhead Outdoors, thanks for joining us, young man.
8: Yeah, thanks for having me again, guys.
0: Yeah, you, you, you're, you're always – we can count on you to, to pitch the ninth inning when someone bails out on us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> John Basie is a good friend of Steve's, and uh, he's a lake trout addict and a crappie addict. He's a guide up in Ely, Minnesota as well. He was going to join us, but for some reason, he is under under the weather. So maybe, Steve, if you haven't, give him a call after the show and uh, and uh, see how he is and, and cheer him up if you would for us.
8: <laughs> I yeah. will do. Yeah. yeah, we'll check in on him here. So
0: what's new since we talked? It's only been a couple of days, but we just came back from having a great time in in. uh Ely, Minnesota has the trout lake fishing picked up at all?
8: Uh, you know it's still been kind of streaky here It's been up and down here but uh, it sounds like uh, the lake the stream trout fishing was really good over the weekend here. been hearing that from a lot of people so sounds like that's kind of the best way to go right now.
0: is so. stream is stream stream trout fishing as is that as popular as yeah. lake trout?
8: Oh yes yeah yeah definitely as popular. Uh, We've got a lot more stream trout lakes up here, and we actually have some excellent stream trout lakes up here too. So it's super popular up here.
0: I don't know anything about it. I guess we did it one time with you. We went all the way down to Grand Marais. We just followed rivers all the way down, and it was was a lot of fun. We ended up in Grand Marais, had lunch, and uh, that was fun with uh, your other buddy Steve, Steve B., whatever Mm -hmm. his name is, but that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. You know, John was saying this is probably the most – inconsistent weather year that he's ever seen the most difficult weather year that he's ever seen in the last 10 years or so in in northern minnesota what are your thoughts on that
8: yeah i'd have to agree i mean we've been having like march like temperatures up here uh you know it started
0: out real kind of slow and then
8: we got hit hard and then uh, kind of warmed back up to you know 40s and then we got hit hard with that heavy blow and that big dumping that most of the state got and then uh it was really cold then. We made a lot of ice, surprisingly, but then it warmed right back up to the 30s and even some 40s here. So I mean, right now, what we got going on right now is a little more typical for us. So hopefully, this will start straightening out the bite here and get them going here a little bit you better. Know, I,
0: don't, I don't understand how that can affect fish. I, honestly, if it's if it's 30 degrees or let's say it's 15 degrees up in Ely, Minnesota, or 40, 35 degrees in Ely, Minnesota, this time of the year for whatever reason. The water temperature has still gotta be the same. How could that affect the fish? I, I don't even know.
8: Yeah, yeah. No nobody really seems to know the exact reason why, but uh, nobody disagrees that affects them. So it definitely makes a difference.
3: <laughs> it's the parametric pressure, right? It's not the temperature, yeah, it's the pressure.
8: That's what they tell us. Yeah, that's what they tell <laughs> that's
0: us. That's what here. the
3: farmer's almanac tells me anyway. Yeah. <laughs>
0: what um, mama told you that. What yeah. are what are some of the biggest mistakes that rookies like me? make when you're trying to fish for lake trout
8: <clears throat> oh man losing focus is number one <laughs> <laughs> what an oh,
0: what crazy. an a-hole he throws me under the bus <laughs>
8: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, when, you, when you get up and you say, hey, that's a cool looking cabin over there. I'm going to go walk over there. You know? Did you do that? that <laughs> I did. did. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's about a, it's yeah. about
0: 150 yards away from the, the uh, ice fish houses we had, the, the pullovers, if you want to call those. And, it, well, and that was deep. And I, I walked all the way across the lake and got to shore. I was going to go up to the cabin, but the snow had to be three feet deep there. I didn't make it up the hill. And I said, well, so I sat on a rock. These guys saw me sitting on a rock like a little kid. You, you, uh, yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, attention span, I guess. But what other other than that, other than that?
8: Yeah, other than that, uh, probably the next biggest one is how you work your baits here. A lot of guys, a lot of walleye guys really, really struggle with the lake trout because it's so much different with the lake trout. You know, the lake trout, we're ripping those baits, you know, four, five, six feet at a time, and we're really trying to draw them in to have a closer look at, at your baits. And when you get them in, you get them on the graft, then you start playing with them. You start pulling the bait away. And you pull it up and down and make them chase. You know, and when you get to those walleye guys, as soon as they get that mark, they just stop and they start doing the little walleye jiggle and that kind of stuff and maybe tap the bottom. And that's the worst thing you can do. Those trout will come in, they'll get a good look at your bait, and most of the time they'll just swim right off. They won't even bother to pick it up.
0: You know, uh, you are, you are a, a bad influence on Bob Krejci. I call him Rocket Man, a good friend of ours. He's a good friend of yours right now as well. Do you know why? Mm-hmm. Because he called me yesterday, and he was on his way to Capra's to buy a live scope. <laughs> 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 I think you got him. I think you got – it's, it's an amazing invention there. And uh, fishing with one of those for six hours a day, uh, and Bob fishes enough where he'll get his money's worth. So he was – he was hunting yesterday, so he's gonna pick one of those things <laughs> up. Good for him.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm yeah. yeah. Okay, so how about crappie fishing? So, what's um we would we did pretty well in crappies in the in the boundary waters. That was a lot of work though, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, what's what's the big deal? What, what's 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 working for crappies this time of the year right now?
8: You know, this time you know we we kind of ran into it too. Is that they're really kind of negative here? You know, so you know we. A big one that you caught there, I mean, we worked that fish for probably like three minutes. We did, before yeah. He finally turned around and, you know, came up and picked up your bait. So you got to keep that in mind. They're really, really negative. So I always have like a minnow hanging down there under a bobber if you can, if you can do two lines there. and But, you know, that live scope, you know, the big advantage with that live scope is you see them, and you really just run them down. You chase them down. You send a guy out with an auger, you drill a hole. And then try to get right on top of those fish and cut them off, you know, whichever direction they're moving. So, you know, that live scope will definitely up your up your odds of catching fish. Not guaranteed, but it's going to up your odds. That's for sure. And it
0: makes it more fun, anyway. Like Mark was saying, you might have listened to the first part of the show. Mark was saying, remember when FLX twenty eight was the thing, or they came. What what they going to come up with next? Well, what they going to come uh-huh. up with next now? I have no idea. How can it be any better yeah. than that?
8: But, yeah, um, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know it would be exciting to see.
0: Yeah. How about ice conditions? Should people be concerned about going up to Ely, Minnesota, the next 30 days or so, ice conditions okay?
8: Yeah, you know, ice conditions are actually pretty dang good up here right now. I mean, I'm out on Burnside right now. we got about 18 inches of good ice out here right now. Only about uh, four to six inches of snow out here on the ice on most of the lakes. And your smaller lakes are obviously going to have a lot more snow where it settles in, but... Uh, Overall, we got really good ice up here right now. So, travel conditions are excellent on the lake. If you got a snowmobile, you got a side by side with tracks or a four wheeler, even with some chains, you're going anywhere you want right now. Oh, so, cool,
0: cool. Yeah. Are you uh, are, are you out there chasing some fish right now, or just checking on your fish houses?
8: Uh we're just checking on the fish houses. They are both rented today, so we got to clean them up and get them ready for
0: tomorrow. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. Yeah, he's the uh, Arrowhead Outdoors is the only uh any only place in ely where you can rent uh, fish houses specifically for lake trout and he keep moving them as well so good for you good for you mm-hmm. all right listen mm-hmm. i'll tell you what we're gonna let you go i thank you very much for taking <sighs> taking place of john give him a call with you and find out how he is mm-hmm. and, we, yep. we, and as soon as you give us the day uh just let us know about the first week in april or so we're gonna sneak down there and and uh take a long trek through the woods someplace and see if we can catch a couple more crappies
8: Oh, we won't catch a couple more. We'll catch a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> right, <hang> on. <laughs> there'll be a lot, and will be big, so we're, it'll be fun.
0: Mark Lukey just recorded that. He's got that yep. saved, okay? Right, yeah. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're, yeah. we're I'm going to play it
3: back for you the second we walk
0: out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care of yourself. Thanks for your hospitality the last couple of days, and we will see you in April, but we'll mm-hmm. stay in touch. Yeah, we'll do. All right, be Take safe, care, you bet. Thanks, great man, yeah, boy. He luck. and Chris, great, just great people. Whether they were sponsors of ours or not, oh yeah, they truly are really, really neat people.
5: Um, I'm in on that April trip for sure. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm committed. A- I am one of your friends, It's true. No, nah. yeah, I'm committed.
0: All right, you are committed. What if it's a weekday? That's fine. Okay, bye. even better. What if there's a hockey tournament, Mark? Uh, I hope there's not an April. <laughs> I, I'm, coming. I'm coming too. Let's go. You All can't right. you can't stiff the guest. Right? <laughs> no. Come on. I think we can. We never think we can. No, it's well, uh, been a lot of fun. <laughs> Sam, I
3: heard some exciting news out in the lobby. Why don't you share what did you what are you gonna do in September of twenty twenty three? Uh well, first off,
5: my wife and I are gonna be celebrating our 10 year anniversary this this Ooh, fall in October. Congratulations! You know, we're talking, I don't know, this newlyweds. Was, you guys yeah. are newlyweds. Yeah, we were talking I don't know, a couple months ago, and I was like, Kirsten, what do you want to do? Where's
0: the most interesting place you made? Whoopi,
5: um, <laughs> never mind, never oh, mind, never mind. Uh, so I was like, what do you want to do for our anniversary? You know, it's 10 years, and she turns 30 this year as well, so it's a big year. And she said, you know, honestly, let's go on an elk hunt. Whoa, I'm like, really. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah. So I started looking into it, and I wanted an archery one. You guys know that I love archery. Um, all I could find was gun, and a customer gave me this guy, this outfitter. It's not an outfitter. He's like a broker for hunts, right? And he, I told him what I wanted and how much I wanted to spend. And, and he came back. He's like, I got a couple rifle options. And then he, he, I told him I really wanted bow, and he called me back that night. He goes, I'm not even joking. I literally just had a guy, his wife or something – they just found out she's pregnant, and so he's like, I, c- I can't go in September. Can I move it to 2024? So an archery opened up, and so September 16th through the 21st, Kirsten and I are headed to the New Mexico-Colorado border. Wow. We're going to be chasing bulls mid-rut. Wow. I'm pumped, man. I'm so excited.
3: You have done one elk hunt before, but you were unsuccessful. Yeah. yeah right? we went to I the, remember this story. It's good.
5: Yeah. We went to the Gila uh, in New Mexico, 16C, which is really hard to pull, and we were there for seven days, and it was a trip from hell. <laughs> and I mean, we had we ran into Mexican killer bees. We had a big wild. <laughs> I'm move. glad you said bees there. <laughs> I got yeah, yeah. Oh, there's cartel down there. Yeah, there's for sure. Um, big, huge longhorn bull. We were on this trail, and he followed us for a mile, like just pissed at us. Uh, we the guide went through this, like I don't know, like deep valley into a, like this cr- uh, creek that we were walking through and there was cougar signs everywhere and i was like why are we down here we yeah. had no flashlights that was a scary trip but uh yeah so hopefully this guide's a little better
0: <laughs> good for you That's. Yeah, i'm excited i'm
5: really excited especially in the the middle of the rut like here because i told kirsten i was like i was thinking talking to these guys like if i'm bringing my wife and she wants to go we need to go where she can hear him bugling. Yeah. You know, I don't want to go yeah. where we're just like, Oh, they're over there. Yeah. You know, I want a, the guide to blow on an elk call and hear bugling. There's nothing like hearing a thousand pound animal scream its head off. You know, it just echoes through the mountains. Jared, you've been elk hunting. I mean, am I yeah. right? Like it's, yeah, it's there's nothing like it.
1: The adrenaline of it when you you know, you get down in a in a coolie with an elk or down in a valley and they're coming in coming in hard, pissed off, you know, thinking yeah. Thinking that they're trying to trying to steal the harem of cows, it's it's pretty cool. We actually, I just applied for Wyoming for archery um, this fall as well. So yeah, we're so we're Wyoming.
5: We you get need it. preference points. Do you guys have enough?
1: uh yeah we do i think it, i think it's a hundred percent with the amount we have we're applying with they average it out so me and my buddy logan it's 4.5 points for a, a
3: what general, gives you preference points uh you just Supply. you just buy you just buy if you're left-handed you get five or <laughs> yeah. you have with
5: the buy em? with certain states you have to have so many preference points just like iowa for whitetail so you can buy the preference points but that means so he's taken so if you pay four. more you get to go no it's takes you can only buy so many a year you can buy one you a year buy one a
1: year oh i see yep. yeah i see okay
5: yep. like some of them there's like <clears throat> there's some El hunts like in certain areas of like Arizona that's like nine years
3: you know can you buy other people's preference points no no
5: they're well, not you, transferable There's certain areas no. you can buy landowner tags but you're gonna pay a lot more okay that's so I that, think that's like, kind of like what a happened racket.
0: well it's, it's kind of what happened to trap um um uh, Tanner Tanner Tierney got just came back from a an elk hunt in Arizona I think I don't think Sam was on the show that night we're talking about I see no that's got to be hard to do. it's lotteries and whatnot. This was on an Indian reservation, I think, yeah. someplace in Arizona. And I said, you know what? That's got to be a, a few bucks here. I says, what's what's it cost these years? Yeah, what's it cost these these days? You know, I don't know much about it. I said, I bet a license costs you about 500 He goes, eh, how about $5,000? I said, well, holy <laughs> crap. Yeah, for a landowner <laughs> take. Holy that's what he's paying for buckets. that. So I yep. said, well, I'm a little bit behind the eight ball there. But Wowser, wowzer, wowzer. Hey, I'll tell you what. We'll be right back with... All ready? Get the music, pal. We got Jared Wickland with Pheasants Forever. There's a lot to talk about, Jared. A you lot. Bet. So, you've never been to Devil's Lake, North Dakota? You gotta. Devil's Lake has been rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country for many years for many reasons. Hey, plenty of walleyes, of course, with no slot limit. You've heard it before, 365-day season, five a day and 10 in ten of possession. That's crazy. And jumbo perch are a blast to catch. Devil's Lake, got many guide services that'll make sure your ice fishing trip will make you want to come back. Hey, bring your family. Let's have some fun. Check out DevilsLakeND.com and thanks.
2: Dezeal Heating and Air Conditioning has let the dogs out. <laughs> and their 2-Fur deal is back. If your furnace and air conditioner are over 10 years old, they could roll over and break down. Let Dezeal help you fetch <coughs> a free air conditioner with their 2-Fur deal. For a limited time, when you purchase a furnace, you get a free AC unit with a free UV package. Dezeal Heating and AC, serving Wright County and the West Metro. Details online at DezealHVac.com. That's D-E-Z-I-E-L HVAC.com. <coughs>
3: It's time for Capra Sporting Goods Ice Fishing Clearance Sale. Get select ice fishing stuff for up to 30% off. Get huge discounts on electric augers like Strike Master, Ion, and Razor. Electronics like Garmin LiveScope, Vexlar, Markham, Otter and Eskimo sleds and hubs, rods, reels, tackles, and more. These are the best deals of the year. In-store only. Call or come in for specific pricing on what you're looking for. While supplies last, Capra's Outdoors on Highway 65 in Blaine. You know who has deals? Capra's has deals.
7: Pheasants Forever's National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic is coming to the Minneapolis Convention Center on February 17th through the 19th. Join us for puppy and dog training seminars, a youth village for kids, a public lands pavilion, pollinator and wildlife habitat, hunting gear, and more than 400 Exhibitors. It's National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic the weekend of February 17th. Presented by Pheasants Forever, Quail Forever, and Federal Ammunition. For more information, log on to pheasantfest.org.
3: Mark here. Wanted to welcome back Power Lodge to the Four Outdoorsmen, one of our longest running sponsors. Really appreciate everything they do for us. My boat is sleeping there right now, but I'll tell you what. Power Lodge is having a Better Than Boat Show deals right now. The season's best selection and prices on pontoons like Bennington and Godfrey. Fishing boats like Alumacraft, Smokercraft, and Triton. Go down to Power Lodge right now. Tons of selection, great deals, even better than the boat show. Power Lodge is right down the road here in Ramsey off Highway 10. Also with locations in Brainerd, Onamia, and Miller Marine in St. Cloud. PowerLodge.com.
0: Arrowhead Outdoors in Ely, Minnesota doesn't claim to be Minnesota's trout headquarters just because no one else does. They actually carry the largest selection of lake trout tackle found anywhere in northern Minnesota, and much of it is custom-made right there at Arrowhead. This season, Arrowhead Outdoors is the only store in town renting ice houses for lake trout. And if you've never caught a lake trout through the ice, get ready for an experience worth sharing. Come relish the wilderness and the serenity of Ely area, and let Arrowhead Outdoors help you catch a few trout. All right, we're back. Let's get right to it. Jared Wickland of um, Pheasants Forever is joining us. It's fun to have you in the studio.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. This yeah. is a not not too long of a drive from my house, actually. So well, it's even, great.
0: Where, where do you live? Oh, I live, yeah, Forest Lake. Yeah, so this is about the same, even closer than Capra's, Do you think? Yeah, yeah. I say so. Just yeah. about. So it's closer for Not closer. from Forest yeah.
5: Lake. Not from Forest Lake. Capra's yeah, is closer crazy. to Forest Lake. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> guy's <is> nuts. <laughs> You've passed Capra's halfway coming here.
0: No, normally we reach out to all of our guests and try to get them on here, but Jared got a hold of me last week and said, hey, it's Drew, man. uh. Got some. got some stuff to talk about for pheasants forever. So there must be something hot on on the on the market. What's going on about pheasants forever?
1: Yeah, you know, every every three years we've got a pretty big show that comes back to uh, Minneapolis Convention Center. It's called National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. Um, I, I like to refer to it sort of as the the Super Bowl of the Uplands, if you. Will. I didn't coin that term, Bob Bob Saint Pierre did. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's it's just a it's a very fun event. Last time we were in Minneapolis in 2020, uh, just before the pandemic started, we had over 30,000 people and it's a it's a show for it's a show for everybody really I mean it's 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 bird dogs it's shotguns it's hunting gear it's food uh, youth uh, finding your path to the uplands. If you're a new hunter and want to get into it and you've never done it before, um, it's a really great show to sort of find a mentor and sort of find your way into the uplands because it can be maybe not a challenge, but it can be overwhelming for people to, to get into upland hunting for the first time and know where to go and what you need for gear and those types of things. So I know,
0: I know the man exactly who, who should be able to take those folks and, and walk them through what it takes to become a new hunter. That's, that's your buddy, uh, Kang Yang.
1: Yes, yes, sir. Kang, uh, Kang Yang at Minnesota Hunter. He's a big part of the show this year. He's going to be presenting on stage. If you don't know Kang, if you if you've got a copy of the Minnesota hunting regulations, he's <laughs> on the front of it, and uh, he's just a great guy. We did some pheasant hunting before the end of the Minnesota season, and uh, he's going to be there, kind of talking about his his path to the uplands. He's only been hunting for six years, mm-hmm. um, so he's an adult onset hunter, and uh, we're just we're just happy to have him. He's got a lot of knowledge to share about hunting, and public lands in general.
0: He was on the show uh, a month or so ago, and after the show was over, Mark Sam says, what do you, how do you think he did? I went, uh, not bad, not bad. <laughs> no, 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 no that's, that's kind of an inside joke. I apologize about that. But uh, Well, now February 17th through the 19th, it's a National Pheasants Fest and Quail Classic Minneapolis Convention Center. Um, there's a lot of things going on about the same time. you know, you got the Women on the Wings event, that's February 19th and uh, some kind of a film fest I was reading about that it's February 16th. Yeah. What's that, what's that all about? Yeah,
1: you know, I've, there's a couple of things right before the show starts, and one of them uh, on the 16th is our Upland Film Festival. We had it for the first time in 2020, huge success. It's, it sells out really quick. I think we maybe got a few te- tickets left right now. But the Upland Film Festival is is just a way for people to gather, and we've got five uh, short films uh, from the uplands, and that's everything from pheasants and quail, woodcock. I believe there's a ptarmigan film from Alaska, and we've got uh, a capercaillie film. If you're not familiar with that bird, big European bird, about half the size of a turkey, and uh, we've got we've got uh, that short film coming from Project Upland this year for our Upland Film Festival. That's at the Poor House in downtown Minneapolis. You can find find tickets on our oh, Pheasant Fest page. As
0: a matter of fact, I I might have wrote, wrote this, written this thing, wrote written. Oh, help me out there. This well, thing you're down on your own. I was going to say. I was going to say. You better not tell Mark about this because I'm reading here. I think it was at the Porter House. I think is what it said.
1: Hey, well, I like Porter
0: House steak. Yeah, that's. Mark Mark is in it. It's at the Porter House. House, would will be there. But it's the poorhouse you said, right? Yep. Yep. It's at the poorhouse downtown.
1: That's uh, Thursday night, the 16th. Um, Friday before the show starts. If you're a if you're a landowner at all and interested, and you know, I just bought a piece of land. I want to. I want to have. Robust fuzz, pheasant population. How can I do that? We're going to have all sorts of partners there. We're going to have landowners, some of the some of what I would consider the best in the country. One friend of mine, Eric Johansson, is coming to speak at that. He's got one of the wa- largest wild bird populations in the country, and he's going to talk about farming for wildlife, how how he does it, how our partners do it, uh, set you up with resources, but. The, sh- the show really kicks off with our bird dog parade. That's 11 o'clock on Friday, February 17th. Uh, it's about an hour long, 40 different breeds of dogs, over 100 dogs total, that sort of parade through the convention center to kick off the show. And once again, I mean, 400 unique vendors, everything from bird dogs to shotguns to, to upland hunting gear and just some of the, some of the best dog trainers and, and people in the world, uh, shotgun fitting. I mean, anything you can really imagine that has to do with the uplands is at this show.
3: And come see me at the Flush booth. I'll be there all yep. weekend. Yep. Come on down. Yeah. No one wants to talk to me, though. Everyone wants to talk to Travis Frank. <laughs> <laughs> did
1: a hunt, hunt with him this year, actually. Awesome. Been, been hunting with him a few times. But, yeah, Flush, uh, it's a great great show. Ron Scherer Productions and the Flush. Um, Pheasants Forever is really happy to be uh, a partner on that show.
5: Jared, I'm going to put you on the spot here for a second. Yeah. And I apologize if this is, like, a controversy. It prob- This is ignorant. I don't know why I've even said that. So, I assume you guys are like okay with like, um, like private ranches that sell pheasant hunts, right? We like to
1: st- Yeah, we like to stick to, to wild bird hunting. Yeah, you know, a lot that's of what our, I'm asking. Yeah, is- a lot of our chapters will also go and use the preserve style, right? Like it's easier to get an upland hunter into that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we've 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 got both. Okay,
5: yep. how active are you guys? when I say pheasants forever is you are looking to acquire more land.
1: As far as public land, you're talking? Yeah. Yeah, public land, um, Pheasants Forever works extremely hard on permanent protection. Uh, This last year, we did almost, in 2022, we did almost 7,000 acres uh, of permanent land protection. And a lot of times, you know, we'll we'll find a property and and sort of work with our partners. A lot of it is conservation-minded landowners actually come to us. Um, And that's how we like it to work and then, uh, you know, we try to find somebody if it's going to become like if it's great for a waterfall, maybe it's got some emergent, you know, upland or wetlands on it and cattails and those types of things, you know, US Fish and Wildlife Service, hey, this is right next to one of your other pieces you know would you like it to become a waterfall production area or we'll work with the dnr for wildlife management areas but yeah permanent protection is a huge part of what we do at pheasants forever because all those acres not only are we adding habitat it's publicly accessible which is a big thing in the pheasant range (coughs) so
5: So these and elsewhere you guys are 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 teaming up with them and like taking kind of ownership if you will to make a more huntable right like and like that lasts forever so have you guys teamed up with any like on x type like organizations that you can – put in the app like pheasants forever and it like populates orange where they could go hunt and pheasant. Yep. Is yep. that, is was that, was that a million dollar marketing idea? <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: Onyx is a national sponsor of ours. They're okay. a huge, huge partner. If you don't use Onyx, highly recommend it. Uh, but we're working with them right now on a new set of layers that if you want to know what pheasants forever properties we have yeah. purchased or Pheasant pheasants forever properties or quail forever properties too, that we're managing because management's the other side of it too. Right. And that's a big thing that I hear Um, throughout the year is hey it's great that we got all this public land but we have to we have to management to the manage it to the best of our ability Um, that's a big part of what we do as well we contract out a lot of management on public areas yeah
0: that's cool you know since 1982 the land acquisition started taking place with pheasants forever and now picture this now what you guys have done pheasants forever right now there's almost 400 square miles of public land purchased in the state of Minnesota, four hundred wow. square miles. Isn't that crazy? So, if you, I think that's that's a that's a national number. Okay. Um,
1: so, I think it's like two almost two hundred thirty thousand acres. But if you walk around the out just just the outside of those acres chasing birds, um, if you walk that line, it would take you all the way from Canada down into Mexico. Which wow. I which I think is cool, and that's that's nothing in in between. So yeah, permanent protection and public access. Um, they're they're Part of our mission, right? That's that's a big part how of how what does we a win do. how
5: does a winter like this, where we're so snow heavy, affect our population? And what should, what could like, for example, I'm I'm going to selfishly ask this because I have we, I have a lot of pheasants on my yeah, property. Yep, yep. What can I do as a landowner? To like, I mean, should I put out corn? Should I put out, what? I mean, what should I do? Like, should I build little huts for them or something? <laughs> don't 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 throw out corn as far as feeding goes. But
1: okay. uh, I'll, I'll answer that in a couple parts. So Just first, lay all, it out. Don't throw it. <laughs> <laughs> this this winter, uh, particularly this, <clears throat> where we're coming off about three three winters in a row, followed by some really good springs, and populations have boomed to some degree. Look at Minnesota, South Dakota, Iowa, uh, North Dakota, parts of Montana. I was out there hunting this year. Um, just the reports, and I talked with a lot of people in a lot of different states, the hunting was excellent this year uh, for pheasants, de- depending on where you were. Um, as far as the winter goes, though, winter, winter can be rough on them, and, and especially when you start stacking up the snow and ice. Um, I like to tell people this, is that pheasants sort of measure a winter in the amount of time that they spend on a white background. And we had snow extremely early this year, uh, I think com- sort of compared to average yeah. or what oh, yeah. we've had previous years. So anytime you get, especially you guys remember those big storms mm-hmm. right before Christmas, right? Yep. Yeah. You get rain and snow and sleet followed by huge dumps of heavy wet snow that can sack thermal cover, so cattail sloughs and things like that. Four days of blizzards followed by cold weather um, can 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 do a number on pheasant habitat and rarely do pheasants starve. Um, there's a lot of native food sources out there that they can go after. Not, you know, not just grain, grain out of a field. Um, but having quality thermal cover, uh, freezing is a, is a lot bigger issue, right? So right now we, a lot of people are, they'll be driving around the countryside and call us and say, man, I'm seeing a lot of pheasants on the landscape. It's great. Well, not so much. Like they're, they're all, you don't want to see them. (laughs) They're, they're, they're trying to make a living right now. Um, tough conditions. And then, you know, other people are like, well, I really want to help them, so I'm, you know, I'm gonna. Do you guys give corn out to throw it on the road? It's like that's the worst possible scenario you could ask for. Both from pulling them out of thermal cover, so they're gonna freeze. Uh, If you start it, you got to keep it up throughout the winter, or you're you're asking for. They're coming. They're relying on that food source, right? It's a predator trap. From a disease standpoint, you got to really be careful because if you're putting out corn anywhere, especially like in a state like Minnesota, where I'd say uh, for you know, even numbers, fit, or 50% of the state is under a CWD feeding ban. That counts within that. So, like, mm-hmm. we would never tell somebody to do, do something that's going to get you in trouble. And that's where a food plot planned out ahead of time next to really good thermal cover. So, shrubby, woody cover, <clears throat> uh, plum trees, dogwoods, maybe some evergreens on the outside of those. Uh, 15 rows is what we recommend, minimum. Anything smaller than that can be a real trap for snow. Predators, those types of things, but having you know 15 rows, and then um, and then a you know a quality food plot next to it, three to 10 acres that get them all the way through the winter. That's what you really need compared to, you know, I'm going to throw out some crack corn and think I'm going to save the pheasant population. So I'm an idiot. Does, does, <laughs> well, no, no, no. But it, do, it doesn't it's not as easy as that, right? Yeah, no, and, I get it. And then nesting
0: cover in the spring. I'm really too.
5: glad I asked, actually.
0: Nesting cover, number one limiting factor for pheasants across the You were the talking about predators, uh, contrary to popular belief, I just read someplace where coyotes might be good for pheasants.
1: Yeah, we, we did an awesome article the other day. I think it was written by uh, writer Rich Patterson. We put it on our put it on our website. Talked about how coyotes actually, and if you look at some of the studies out there, um, you know red fox and other things like that, they chase them out of the territories while, where they've used tracking collars. But they also uh, keep the number of fur bears down. So um, particularly raccoons and possums that are nest raiders, mm-hmm. right? They taken out an entire nest, and people are like, well, they they kill a lot of skunks too. There's not much that kills skunks besides stupid dogs would be number 1. I got a couple of those <laughs> in my household. Trucks. Yeah, trucks and actually owls because okay. they don't they, they can't smell. So owls are a big our big predator for skunks, but that's, yeah, yeah, that's a good question, but there's uh, more research probably to come on that, but yeah, um, coyotes do in fact take fur bears, they take them, take out the nest raiders, and that's, Interesting. A, that's Interesting. a lot bigger issue than, you know, one or two birds. What are the there. biggest
3: predators? Is it hawks or is it birds of prey? or
1: During the wintertime, you know, avian predators, they, predators in general are going to take about 10%. Yeah. Um, there's not much you can do about it. You know, you look at trapping and other things like that, we're a habitat organization. We focus on habitat, so mm-hmm. dilution. Um, if you want to increase carrying capacity and spread predators out in the landscape, more habitat's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And nesting habitat, again, is the number one limiting factor for
0: pheasants across when the When it comes to public involvement, um, what could the average person do who does not necessarily want to become a member of pheasants forever, but what can they do to help you guys get to the next level? I-
1: I would say number n- number one, and this is uh, this is obviously a pitch, right? Come to come to National Pheasant Fest and Quail Classic. If you've never been there before, we've got biologists on hand. If you want to learn more about making a concert free conservation plan for your property, uh, we've got the habitat stage. We've got the bird dog stage. Um, we've got this is a true chapter convention, so you're going to have a lot of chapters there that are very knowledgeable. Um, but I would I would say you know reach out to our biologists, reach out to people that are in pheasants forever. Uh, We've got a lot of longtime mem- members and a, log- a lot of new members that are coming on right now as well. Um, that can really show show people the reins and get them involved in upland conservation. Um, you know, I, th- I think if you look at demographics, not just in upland hunting but hunting in general, um, people are aging out. Right we need a new we need new demographics. We need younger people sort of replacing um, the, the baby boomers that we're going to, that we're going to lose eventually. Um, and that's a big part of it too. So, you know, getting involved in a conservation group like Pheasants Forever, uh, I think people can learn a lot more about, you know, giving, giving back to the resources that we take from. That's a big part of what we, what we do in our conservation mission.
0: Are you finding, uh, minorities are becoming a big part of, of Pheasants Forever or upland bird hunting more so than they were five, 10 years ago?
1: Yes. Uh, bigger, I guess. Um, we continue to work in that right now. Now uh, you know, fo- focusing on bringing more communities into the fold uh, of pheasants forever and quail forever. You know, we've kind of sat down, and looked, and said, "Hey, why? Why? You know, why is a certain?" why is a certain population not involved with Pheasants Forever at, at the level that they could be? Right. And, and that's where you know, we work, look at people like Kang, who's a great representative for his community, um, working hard to make people realize that, hey, as a, as a member of Pheasants Forever, they're contributing to all the things um, that, that we love you know? and people that hunt quite often. Um, at, you know, he, he would label himself as part of the Hmong community. We have a huge community here uh, in the Twin Cities, And we want everybody to come out and experience Pheasant Fest, Mm and um, you can see Kang up on stage and just know that we're doing a lot of great things for conservation
0: in general. I thought it was cool when Kang was on the show about a ah, a few weeks back, just a, a cute, nice, young man and passionate as anybody could be. Extremely. And he said the reason he got into pheasant hunting is because of the dog. Yep, yep that's it he had a really nice dog he said well, i gotta get this guy doing something yep dogs are and that's another thing
1: for pheasant fest and quail classic it's a dogs are a, a, a gateway drug for lack of a better term yeah. for, for getting into the uplands it, it really is
5: it's a good term actually yeah, yeah.
0: we're gonna wrap this thing up that's jared wickland from pheasants forever thanks for being on the show young man it's, it's always a thrill and uh
1: what's the date that's that february? february 17th through the 19th and we've uh hopefully got some free
0: tickets to give away too it's the Minneapolis Convention Center. We'll work on that next week or whatever we can, all right? Um, hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks to uh, Jared Wickland, Peasants Forever, Steve Runderberg, Arrowhead Outdoors, the best bait tackle camping store at Ely by far, obviously. Have a great week. Stay warm. Be safe. In the meantime, my buddy Mark's got something to say.
3: Get outside and make some memories.